Good morning, everybody. Shall we uh, get cracking? So, look, uh, welcome to the Marks and Spencer 2018 AGM. I- I'm Archie Norman, and this is my first AGM. It's a great honor to be here as your chairman. And in case you're wondering, I'm not wearing a Gareth Southcote waistcoat. We thought they're selling very well, and we thought we should save them for the customers. Wow, weren't you disappointed that he didn't say, Hello, Wembley? Hello, everybody, and welcome to this special edition of the IC's podcasts. I'm Megan Boxall, and I'm joined by Harriet Russell, the IC's retail specialist. And last week, on Tuesday the 10th of July, we went to the M&S AGM to gauge some shareholder opinion. Because, really, M&S is a stock which has divided opinion, and it yet remains an incredibly well-supported company with a huge shareholder base. Apparently, someone had come from Sweden to go to the AGM. That's how, that's how popular it is. So we are here at Wembley Stadium, capacity of, we think about 80,000, and the crowds are flooding in for none other than the M&S AGM. I'm here with our retail correspondent, Harriet Russell. Harriet, what a scene. It's incredible. We got here about an hour ago and we've been talking to lots of people who are all private investors in Marks and Spencers, and it's incredible to see the amount of sort of general themes that are coming out of those mini interviews and how people feel about the company and its recent performance. We're from the Investors Chronicle at the Financial Times and we're just interested to understand how people feel about the company as private shareholders, if they're happy with the performance, if they're not so happy. But let's start with why you've decided to come today. Why is it? Well, I want to know what's happening with my shares. And how long have you been a shareholder? 20, what, 27, 28 years. A long time. Have you ever worked for the company? Yeah. Yes. 22 years, retired oh, six years now. Wow, okay. And in terms of Steve Rowe, he's only been in this particular job yeah. a couple of years. How do you feel that he's doing so far? Well, he inherited something very tough. So I was just checking and they've got three stages. So, and it seems as though, well, if they follow the stages that they've set out, then hopefully we'll get somewhere. What do you think the biggest challenge facing the company is? Do you think it's online shopping? Do you think it's appealing to a younger generation? Online online shopping, quality. Quality. And in terms of price, obviously we're in an inflationary environment, so yeah. prices have gone up everywhere, not just yes. at M&S. Do you yeah. feel like that has the potential to sort of put people off and feel like, as you say, if the quality isn't quite matching the price, it's going to be yeah. a problem, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. Yeah. And that's the reason why the sales are low, isn't it? So in terms of staying a shareholder, do you think you'll stick with it for the time being? I will. I certainly will. To be honest, that was one of the most extraordinary things about this trip. Most people were saying that they were going to hang on to the shares, even though they were very aware of the problems at M&S. And they were very aware of the fact that Archie Norman has sort of a five-year plan in mind, really, before the numbers become any more meaningful. What do you think the biggest challenge is facing the company? It's very difficult at the moment because of online shopping. Yeah. So they've got to sort of be nimble on their feet and get past that. I'm not sure they actually know what the customers want. The, the way the high street is changing, I mean, I think in some of the things, the, the supply chain and things, they're probably way behind people like Tesco and everything like that. And I think most of the clothing range is confused. It's because they're trying to straddle that difficult divide. Well, I think, I think the, the thing with Marks and Spencer, they... they, they I think they lost their way because they were so successful for most of people's lives. And I don't think they know what they're aiming at. Unless they do something within five years, the M&S will not survive. 
So do you agree with what the shareholders are saying about the problems or do you think there are any other bigger threats that are facing M&S? Yeah, I think on the whole, I think the shareholders are very wise. They're very aware of what the problems are. Online shopping is definitely the company's biggest challenge, particularly when you start to take into account the sorts of rivals that they're now up against with people like Amazon. In terms of what the customer wants, I think that's another very valid challenge because they're really trying to play on two fronts now. Online shopping is really the arena of a younger generation, whereas M&S and certainly the shareholders we spoke to were all very much part of that older generation who have been very loyal to the company in the past and they're not feeling necessarily like the direction of the company is something that they can get on board with just from a pure customer point of view and the way the high street is changing i mean this is perhaps something that i feel the company is actually doing some good work with they're being pretty ruthless around store closures particularly internationally as well they've really brought that back and in terms of the food as well they're really starting to appreciate that opening lots and lots of M&S foods is is not going to be the way forward particularly when it comes to underlying growth it will be interesting because M&S usually reports first quarter figures alongside its AGM which it did not this time it's not going to release Q2 figures either the next time we'll hear from the company is November which will be the official keeping us in suspense they are yeah, I think it's because Archie Norman has said, and I agree with him, that this is not going to be a short-term turnaround. This is not going to be something that's fixed overnight. So the numbers are going to be fairly messy for a while. And by messy, I think he means just bad. And he doesn't want to put people off in the meantime, think that management aren't doing their jobs properly. And I can appreciate that. So I think hopefully by the time November rolls around, particularly with sort of a more buoyant summer and the waistcoat sales from Gareth Southgate, maybe we'll see uh, maybe we'll see a bit of a bounce back in, uh, in clothing and home. Yeah. Yeah, fingers crossed. But the other thing that, just going back to the point you made before about the people that we spoke to, a lot of them being elderly, a lot of them being not the generation who shop online, although some of them were, I was quite surprised. One of the guys bought a belt from or something like that from Amazon. <laughs> they, they tend to be quite directional shoppers, yeah. though. And I think online shopping, at least the boon of it for a lot of other retailers, is that it really fits well with the browsing generation and impulse shopping. Yeah. And that's really where online shopping makes most of its sort of sales. And that doesn't seem to be what the older generation really go for. They they If they go online, it's because they're really after something specific and they don't want to waste time browsing. Yeah. So it's kind of an interesting inversion. Yeah, but the fact that all these shareholders that we spoke to and what is often the M&S customer as well, they they are of a generation which isn't necessarily contributing a huge amount to retail sales at the moment. Is that a bit of a reflection of M&S just being a bit of a dinosaur and a bit behind the times? Yeah, I think it is. I think one of the interesting complaints that we heard from a, a few of the shareholders was that they were saying they didn't feel that the shareholder panel, which is something that M&S has set up really to act as kind of a focus group, is all very much one demographic, um, sort of 60 plus Caucasian, very often male as well. And they're saying, you know, this this can't be helpful. This has to be something that has to change. We have to get younger people in. We have to get more ethnic diversity in and really just reflect the shopping culture at a grassroots level on the shareholder panel because it's uh, we're not going to get an accurate reflection of what people want from the company or from the product in a very basic sense unless we do that. So that was an interesting sort of realisation that the shareholders were, were telling us about. And I think it would, it would certainly sort of help them progress and become a more modern business if they were able to do that. But I think, you know, they're they're sort of caught, I suppose, in this catch-22, which is that if they do that, they're very concerned that they might alienate what remains a very sort of loyal and intrinsic part of their customers and their shareholders. And 
it'll be to what extent they're willing to risk that in order to move forward. Mm. Yeah, it's a really interesting point. And there is certainly no denying the loyalty of these shareholders. How long have you been a shareholder? Forever. Forever. <laughs> At least 40 years, kind yes, of? Yes. yes. How long have you been a shareholder? Oh, heavens. Forever. A long, long time. Did you ever work for the company? No, 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 my father gave me the shares. Oh, OK. And how long have you been shareholders, may I ask? You? Since I was 17. Do you think that the dividend is pretty secure going forward? Is that one of the main Whoa. reasons that you hang on? No, I hang on because I'm loyal. It was my first share. Are you going to hang on, though? Are you going to stick with it? Well, yes, I have been hanging on for that long. So. Might as well. <laughs> Thank you very much for talking okay. to us. You can sort of see that guy's point can't you looking at the share price movement of the last six or seven years selling now would be capitalizing a loss yeah i suppose if you've bought in recently you're going to have lost money there's no two ways around that i think two years ago when steve rowe came in we were sort of hoping that he could turn things around quicker than he has because he's had this huge reputation as being the sort of real stalwart of the recession he was head of ms food at the time and really he you know the whole dine-in for 10 pounds was his brainchild and a lot of people credited him with getting that business through a very rocky difficult time for grocery and i think people were very very excited to see him get the top job it it now has come to light that the business faces huge problems that are really beyond just his capabilities alone and he's going to need support and that's you know why Archie Norman is here it's why Jill McDonald is here and it's not really a point where we say okay we're now going to buy for growth or buy for recovery anymore I think our opinion has moved into a much more sort of defensive space which is really to do with the income the cash flows around this company still remain pretty resilient and we're going to be looking at this in more detail actually in the magazine soon and really prove that that dividend is well supported because at the moment the shares yield anywhere between sort of four and five percent depending where they're where they're trading and you know for a lot of FTSE um, 100 or even 250 companies that's impressive that's quite a nice tidy yield to have um, as long as it's well supported so that really underpins our buy case at the moment we've done other podcasts where we've debated to what extent the company is on firm enough footing to at least last another 12 months if not a few more years and I, I believe it is so what the dividend you mean yeah, well, the company in general, obviously, if the company goes under, there's no point buying in for dividends. Um, but I just don't think it's it's going to do that, certainly not in the next 12 months. So why wouldn't you hang on for the dividend? Why are you so sure that the dividend is well supported? Just the cash flow, I think, in this in this business is one of the best out there. Margins have been actually more stable than quite a lot of other retail businesses as well. They've handled that relatively well. And generally i think the the dividend just isn't overstretched it's well covered so if if you're looking at the next 12 months and you're thinking do i buy in at this low point which let's face it the the shares at least on a price to earnings basis are fairly good value you know i can get myself a dividend that's yielding in the range of four to five percent you then have to always equate that you know big yields are always one of the big red flags so you always have to sort of play that off against whether the company can actually support that dividend at least for the next 12 months because obviously a calendar year is when you're going to receive those dividends i think it will be here in a year's time okay and then one of the other things that was i mean a very interesting topic to discuss with these shareholders and again something that divided divided opinion a bit was the management as you were saying before steve rose been there for a very long time he's recently been joined by archie norman who is a an entrepreneur but it wasn't that everyone was overly optimistic about these managers how did you feel about the archie norman steve rowe dream team 
I not very optimistic. No, not really. I mean, they just, you know, they last a few years and move on. And, It'll be changed. You know, well, yeah. Steve Rose, Rose a lifer with the company, though. I mean, he's been there for 25 years. Not in this role, obviously. Is this obviously, good or but... bad? I don't know. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I think the fact that, as I was saying, when Steve Rose sort of moved into the top job a couple of years back, I think a lot of people, there was a lot of PR around it at the time saying, we finally got someone who knows this business inside out. He started as a Saturday boy 25 years ago. You know, he couldn't be more knowledgeable about how the M&S ship kind of cranks. But at the same time, that will always divide opinion because other people will say that he's gone native, that he can't see the wood for the trees, that maybe he's holding on to a very old vision of M&S and what it was in the glory days. And he doesn't know how to bring it into the 21st century. I think it's just a task too big for one man. I think too much pressure has been put on him, although I do think he's the right man for the job. I think when you see him speak, particularly if you watch the webcast of the AGM, he's still fairly dynamic, fairly engaging. And I think he's committed more than anything else. I think that's probably one of the most important things is that he probably doesn't see much separation between who he is and what M&S is. He probably thinks the two are intrinsically linked. So he has huge, probably not only financial investment, but emotional investment in making it a success as well that being said i think they've made some pretty good appointments in the last year or so as well archie norman being the obvious one obviously archie norman has a huge reputation in the city he's a veteran he's also a retail guy so he you know has been involved with asda and itv and all of these huge companies huge juggernauts which have been through their own sort of transformations in their own sectors so it's not a task beyond him either and that's why i sort of tempted to trust him when it comes to not being overly communicative to the market in terms of short-term trading figures. I agree with him. That's probably not a very sensible strategy right now and that they should just sort of get their heads down. And then they've got Jill McDonald in to head up Clothing and Home. Her appointment, I'm not so convinced about. It was well received at the time, but people who keep their eye on this sort of thing will know that she had been appointed to be chief executive at Halfords and she had only been there very very short term and it had done fairly disastrously under her tenure and then before we knew it she had been pulled out to go to M&S and head up a very different kind of division so I think she probably has a lot left to prove the interesting thing that I would like to see them perhaps get more kind of aggressive about in terms of a good senior director appointment as well is online they have sort of gone back and forth with that they've appointed different people and it's been a bit of a mess um the launch was not good the website i think today people still agree is not what it could be it's still fairly clunky the availability of product isn't that good but one of the big points that steve rowe was talking about in the agm was how they are really going to get to grips with the distribution and the logistics behind this business and how they're going to be changing their fulfillment centers and making it much more streamlined and much more centralized so you know that always goes hand in hand with online so if they can get the front end working as well as they can get the back end working then there's there's hope there that that could become much better okay and actually what was really interesting was that all the people we interviewed as they were coming out of the agm the overriding sense of opinion was optimism it sounded like steve rowe and archie norman had done a good job at pacifying the shareholders making them feel slightly more optimistic about the future yeah, it was remarkable, wasn't it? When when they were going in, we were thinking, oh, God, you know, we've got some really sort of angry shareholders on our hands here. And then by the time they came out, they would change people. Um, and they were saying, you know, how well that they thought 
particularly Archie Norman, I think, had dealt with some of the questions posed to him in the Q&A section, which, you know, if people watch the webcast, they can kind of see the left field, shall we say, questions that shareholders tend to posit, these sorts of things. It's it's not like being in an analyst meeting where people are really trying to dissect the financial performance. And he, he was fairly, you know, calm and collected. And I agree, I think he tackled the questions well. So it's encouraging to see that people are feeling more optimistic. Excuse me, have you been to the MLS AGM today? How did you feel it went? Were you happy with what management had to say? Yes, I was actually. I'm an ex-employee and I've been through it before. Yes, so that's, that's the, the issue. And the issues that they have are the issues that have always been there. Right. About How long have you been a shareholder then? I've been a shareholder for... It's got to be 30 years. Goodness. Okay. And so you say you've seen, obviously, the company go through yes, change, because but the issues are fairly long-term. The, the issues are, but I was impressed with the way that Archie Norman was very positive. He gave good responses to all the shareholder questions, some of which were quite, quite tricky. Uh, were a lot of them coming from institutions? Um, well, there was, a, there was one from um, a, a lady who was talking about plastic, uh, which obviously is a major thing at this, yeah. this point in time. And both he and Steve Rowe answered very good question the answers on that. But the thing is, you know, they've got their plan plan A and plan B and all this sort of thing. I, th- I think the thing is, with MS, it's such a, a British institution. Everybody tends to get a bit emotional. <laughs> I always say that people aren't just financially invested in MS, they're emotionally invested. It, and, yeah. you know, when you actually... I, I've never been to an AGM before, and I'm looking around, I'm thinking, I'm one of the youngest... Well, what motivated you to come today then? If you've been well, because a... I I don't never had the time before. Okay. And just thought it'd be interesting, and it was. It's and been it... through a bit of change as well at the top, hasn't it? So yeah, it's a lot maybe... of transformation. You know, Archie Norman's got some good experience with ASDA. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he really knows the retail. Steve Rowe, I know anyway from being an ex-employee yes, you know he he's got pretty much M&S. starts on the same day usually yeah, M&S, you know in, in him yeah. so and there's some good people on the board and brilliant people that work for the company so you're going to hang on to your shares then oh absolutely <laughs> good definitely all right well thank you very much for speaking to no us no problem no problem